Welcome on to the Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams. And oh boy, have we opened up a hornet's nest this week. I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has already heard the news that Alex Bowman broke his back while racing sprint cars earlier in the week. Actually, racing sprint cars in an event in a series that's being run by Kyle Larson. Larson is the champion of going out and running 150 races outside of NASCAR during the season, but Bowman becomes the second Cup Series driver to injure himself at the track, not at the NASCAR track, but running his little side gigs. You may remember that Chase Briscoe broke his hand at Bulls Gap Speedway just a few weeks ago, right before Bristol Dirt. He's still dealing with that, getting that healed up and completely 100%. He's been able to continue on. Obviously, Bowman is not. He's going to be out at least three weeks. Three weeks seems a little... I don't know, short uh, when you're trying to uh, heal a broken back, but I don't know. I, I honestly am not a doctor, shocker, and don't know much about how quickly injuries like that can heal. But at least three weeks, he's out. So then you topple that on top of what happened with Chase Elliott earlier in the year where he missed several races because he broke his leg skiing. And of course... Everybody is now asking, should drivers be doing these things, whether it's racing other forms of racing or going out and doing something as dangerous as skiing away from the track in season? I don't think anyone's trying to keep people from doing stuff, you know, in December, January, late November. But should they be doing this in season? You know, especially when you look at the the caliber of rides that these three drivers drive for and the kind of experience that they get in a car, uh, the kind of exposure that they get in the car because of who they drive for. And there's a lot of money tied up in these race cars with sponsors and, and that kind of stuff. And sure, Josh Berry's a great driver. He's going to do a good job building in for Alex Bowman. I have no doubt that kid is going places, probably will be in a cup ride next year. But having Josh Berry right now, an Xfinity Series driver in your car, is not the same as having Alex Bowman, a playoff perennial driver in your car this time of year. Same thing with Chase Elliott. So Chris has some really interesting thoughts on this, on what drivers should be doing, and he will he will share that coming up in his segment. We also have Todd Gilliland joining us this week. Todd is going to talk about kind of his season, kind of the way things have gone. You know, he doesn't have a full-time ride this year, and it can be de- very difficult for a driver to feel deflated when they lose parts of their schedule to another driver. But Todd has really made the most of this opportunity, and it's running really well. No sophomore slump for him. You could definitely see the improvement in the way he's driving when he jumps in that 38 or, in last week's case, the 36 car. So we'll talk to Todd, and we'll talk to Chris. Let's get this going. I'm joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, joining us via FaceTime tonight. So, Chris, a lot of talk about Bubba's block at the end of the race. I feel like you have to go for the win. You can't just let people pass you on the final lap. As a crew chief, what do you want your driver to do at the end of the race? Uh, Absolutely going for the win in in that situation, Heather. I mean, let's face it, winning a race in today's arena is more important has more impact has more value than it used to because you win a race you're almost guaranteed to be in the playoffs for the championship and you've got to take those chances and 
you know, it's become, to me, it's become a, a habit of whoever's in that spot to try to, what they're trying to do is slow each lane down, uh, you know, taking turns and using the energy from the other lane to push them forward and then drop them off. You know, I, 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 I'm not the one that needs to be doing that for sure. But, you know, we've seen some people do that. I know uh, in my mind, Brad kills Brad Keselowski's like the kind of he's the he's the author of that um, and and does it very well. And I think Bubba's situation was, you know, there was too much speed on the outside line. And, and I watched a little bit of the replay, and I, I'm not going to put 100% of the blame on him for it. I think the, the guy that made the impact from the back is has got a little responsibility there. Um, I don't know. I'm not a driver. Uh, it's just a high speed, uh, high speed uh, fencing match at that point to me. And there's going to be some carnage. Now, does NASCAR want to stop it to prevent, uh, to prevent, um, to prevent um, um, crashing? And, and uh, then, then maybe so. But as, until they do, it's still going to happen. And um, um, I think that's I think that's up to them. Yes, as a crew chief and someone who sees a lot of torn up cars, uh, I hate to see these cars torn up. But um, anyway, um, we'll just see where they take it from here. And I think for now, it's just part of the package that we have to live with. And yeah, it makes for some excitement. It also makes for some crash repair. <laughs> Fortunately, nobody was hurt. Speaking of injuries, Alex Bowman broke his back on Tuesday in a sprint car race. I know drivers say they need their downtime, but he's the third driver injured away from a NASCAR track this season. Is it time to start limiting what drivers can do in their off time? Well, I, I think it's probably got to be thinking about that. It's got, got to go in that direction. And I'll say this now, uh, there's been a lot of flack about the safety of the of the cup car, of this next-gen car. Um, I think that the, 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 the fears or the issues or whatever you want to call it with that are, are real. But you complain about that and then jump in a sprint car? Uh, if I was the owner, I don't care who it was. I would say no, because the history of sprint cars define themselves. They are dangerous. And if you're going to talk about the safety of a car you're driving and getting paid a lot of money to drive on Sunday, which I think is merited now, don't get me wrong, but uh, don't jump in a daggum sprint car. Uh, that, to me, is doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think you're going to see that there's going to be some clamps put on this uh, uh, eventually. I don't think NASCAR is going to step in. They don't have any 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 way to do that or any cause to do that. But the team owners pay these guys a lot of money. And the marketing people, the marketing partners, the sponsors are doing the same thing. And, and they don't want their favorite driver to be out for so many weeks because he drove a sprint car now as far as the things that they do in the off season if it's skiing if it's water sports if it's this or that that i i don't think you can tell somebody to not have some fun and not have some relaxation 
uh, probably needs to be in the off season pretty much. But, you know, these guys want to be race car drivers and they want to have all the perks, but they've also got to be there to drive the race cars and that's their responsibility. And, um, I, I'm sorry. I think that uh, I think that you know we've got to take a look at this, and the fans come out to see their favorite drivers, and they, they don't want to go pay a lot of money for a ticket at a race to to go and not sit, in, you know, because he's not there. So I, I think it's probably coming, whether we think it's going to or not, or whether we think it should or not. I, I think there's probably going to be some breaks put on this a little bit uh, after this latest incident and we'll see we'll see I know the drivers may kick back on that a lot but uh, if I'm a crew chief and an owner of team and put a lot of hard work and money into building a team for a particular driver and then, then he can't do it that's a little bit unfair to a lot of other people so you know like I say if you want to be a race car driver you better make sure that you're willing to take the responsibilities to it. There's a lot of jobs in the world that, uh, in our society that like, you know, you, you have to give up some, you have to sacrifice some. I mean, I had to sacrifice a lot just to get to where I'm at. So, uh, I think the drivers need to be ready for that and, and willing to go along and say, okay, I need, I need to be a team player for my team, uh, as well as for myself. And I, I think, I think there may be some changes coming around the corner. Last week's guest on the backstretch, Denny Hamlin, made an interesting proposal on his podcast this week, a midsummer March Madness-type tournament to shake up the season at a time where a NASCAR could catch a lot of eyes. Every driver would be seated, and the losers would be eliminated each week from the tournament. If we did this last year, Hamlin and Ross Chastain would have met in the first round. Nobody would have talked about that. So, do you like the idea? Oh, um... I've seen a lot of this stuff, uh, the gimmicky word that you used is, I think, pretty much describes it. Um, I'm still, a big part of me is still about who wins the championship is supposed to be the, the driver and the team that has the most consistency throughout the year and runs up front everywhere they go and makes the best of every race. It's like a you know, it's supposed to be like a grind, like a like a marathon match, in, in my opinion. And I don't know that, I just don't know if things like this are going to hold water too long. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the dirt race. I think it's done its done its due. Uh, I think I think the the flare of it is kind of over with, and I'm afraid this will be something. This stuff like this will be something that would. Uh, be um, the, kind of the same way that the people would find stuff wrong with it whether it's wrong or not and I, I think it would probably bring as many negatives as positives you know I, I, I applaud him for trying to find come up with ways um, or, or ideas to make the racing better and to be more appealing to our fans I'd do that and maybe maybe what he's got is right I would have to you know if I was the one making the decision I'd have to think about this a lot to say okay let's let's pull the trigger on this it's the track so tough they call it a monster this week NASCAR makes its one only stop at the big fast concrete concrete track known as Dover sort of a Bristol Big Brother. What's the key to getting around the Monster Mile? Uh, the resistance to fear. For first off, I mean it. It will. It's a track that will take your breath, and the, getting used to the speed and getting used to the the um, the 
feeling of speed. You feel the speed a lot. It's 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 uh, just it's just overblown at Dover. I think it's one of the coolest tracks on the world. Uh, you're exactly right. It's like a like a Bristol blown up a little bit, a little bit longer, a little bit higher banks, a little bit faster. Um, getting a getting a, a the, the balance of the car there throughout a long race, a 400 lap race, is not easy. And this is a place that's that's very very well fast enough to where aero is a big deal. So. Having all that together, trying to stay out of trouble, because some of the the escape routes uh, at Dover, meaning the width of the straightaways between the two walls, are very narrow. There's not much room to get away from trouble if you have to drive through it. So uh, that's hard on the drivers. It, it puts a premium on the spotters to let those guys know what's going on. Uh, up ahead of them and and give them some good advice um track position is important so the pit crews are going to have to be on it all day uh it's just a hard place to win a race and uh these we always said dover was the guy the the place that would set the uh, you know separate the men from the boys and i still think that's the truth it's one of my favorite places uh i wish it was in like roanoke maybe or somewhere but um it, it is a real racetrack, and I wish the Truck Series still went there. I, I always enjoyed races there and competing there because it, it tested everybody. It, it, it lets you know whether you are ready or not. And um, um, I, I think this weekend will be no different. All right, Todd, so just talk about uh, kind of an interesting weekend for you. You were racing, but in a, a little bit different car. How do you think that it went? Uh, did you forget to find your pit stall? I mean, how did everything go for you this weekend? Yeah, everything went smoothly for us. Um, I guess from my side of it, I guess, you know, looking back, we did have some radio issues because um, I brought my normal spotter that I have, but obviously a different car, different team, different radios, all that stuff. So we fought through some of that stuff at the beginning of the race, but um but yeah they didn't pull in the wrong pit stall that was fine communication ended up being okay at the end of the race um so yeah it was uh it was still nice to, to definitely be a part of front row for uh for that weekend there at talladega i know it's been kind of tough on you uh not having a full-time ride this year and and picking up the one-offs here and trying to fill in the rest of your schedule but it doesn't seem to have hurt your performance any i mean how would you evaluate your season so far it seems like it's, you're like showing growth and improvement from last year yeah, I feel like, honestly, I've been really happy with, um, you know, the start of our season here so far. Um, but also, we're kind of at some weird racetracks right now, like road courses. We went to the Bristol Dirt Track. Um, yeah, I think the mo- one I'm most proud of is Martinsville, where we didn't really get our finish. But, um, you know, we had really good speed all weekend. So uh, that was a really good one for me to see. Uh, I think, you know, this weekend will be a little bit of a tell. And then, you know, going to Kansas, I think that'll be the main main one. But I mean, still, there's uh, you know, still a lot of guys that go to all these racetracks that expect to finish good, and um, you know we've been getting the getting the finishes. So, um, you know, more top tens this year than last year already. Um, pretty early on in the season, so I, I feel like overall I'm happy with it. But I just hope we can keep going, and and I still think there's a lot of stuff we can improve on. So you guys still, I mean, as as mixed up as the schedule is, you really still look at those mile and a half as kind of the measuring stick of what what your development is. Is that just because that's the place where it's pure speed? 
Um, for me, it's kind of just where we struggled the most last year, I think. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it does separate, right? Downforce, the, the bigger teams have all the little details that usually separates them the most on mile and a half, so I'd say. Um, but yeah, I, I think that'll be the, the main one for me. I think, you know, these other places, like I said, we, we were able to squeak out good finishes last year. But I think at literally every single racetrack, we've had better speed than last year. So um I don't know. Part of me is kind of excited to get to Kansas and see where we are, but also uh, definitely nervous also. Um, you mentioned this kind of stretch of tracks. I feel like the last three weeks there's been just, I don't know, controversy or, 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 or complaints. When you, when you look at the schedule specifically like Bristol dirt and, and Martinsville and people don't like the dirt, people were complaining about the racing at Martinsville is there something that NASCAR maybe needs to do to shake up the schedule? I mean, I feel like we've shaken it up already, but is does more need to be done? I know Denny Hamlin, I guess, I don't know if you saw today, tweeted out something about a midseason tournament perhaps to get things more interesting. Or do you think that we're just making a big deal out of out of nothing? Because that's kind of where I feel. But <laughs> Yeah, I think um, it's probably a little bit of both. I think, um, I mean, this early part of the schedule is is like something different every single week. So, uh, I feel like this part is definitely already very shaken up um, and like, it's kind of hard to get a rhythm. And I feel like that's why it's really nice that we're getting finishes right now um, because, you know, in the mile and a half section of the mid season, it, it seems like we're more so doing that stuff every single week. And that's where you can either, you know, be on a good roll or a bad roll. But um, I don't know. Part of me is always like, I think we can do better. And, and I think that's nice that everyone is so passionate about it and, and we're doing better, but um, but also, right, the small improvements, just the next-gen car in general, like, seems like it's still doing the majority of the stuff, like, competition-wise that they want it to, right? Uh, the competition still seems closer for a team like us to um, to compete at a place like Martinsville, where this that was, like, front row's worst racetrack before. Um, yeah, I mean, I think from the competition-wise, like, everyone's still fairly close. Um, but obviously, I think, you know, that maybe um, there's still a little bit of room to improve. Uh, looking ahead to this weekend, what's kind of the challenges for you guys as you head to the to the track this weekend? Yeah, Dover's an interesting racetrack. It's you know a place that we race at one time a year now, and there's really not a whole lot to go you know more similar to it. So um, yeah, it's interesting. I feel like this is one of the places that we have least amount of notes, the least amount of confidence, maybe of what we're doing. But, um, but yeah, I still feel really confident in my team that you know they've been doing a good job every single week of starting us close. So. Um, I'm excited for it. The weather doesn't look good. So there's going to be a lot of challenges this weekend still, but um, you know, I'm, I'm looking to have fun at Dover. The race is usually fun, but it takes me a while to get, get going where I need to be. So um, that's our goal this week is to get right up to speed uh, best we can. All right. So for my final thought, I want to talk about NASCAR safety slash Talladega slash blocking. There was a lot going on in the race last week. Let's start with the safety. Yes, Kyle Larson walked away from a scary crash, but the way that that door buckled causes some concern, causes some pause. You know, there was a lot of speculation after an accident a few years back uh, involving Danica Patrick and the safety of the uh the Gen 6 cars because of the way it reacted to a certain crash and there were rumors that Things happened or didn't happen. I don't want to get too much into the rumors, but this next-gen car was supposed to solve a lot of the issues with safety. And we found another hole 
in the safety of these cars. I mean, this could be a freak thing that you couldn't replicate a hundred times if you tried. But NASCAR now has to try because we can't have... The whole car can fall apart. Every single piece on there can fall apart. But the roll cage where the driver sits has got to stay intact so that the driver can walk away from an accident. And while Larson walked away, he's kind of a small guy. So... Just because he walked away doesn't mean if that happened again to a bigger driver that there wouldn't be some sort of injury. So I really hope, and I'm sure they are, because I know NASCAR takes these things very seriously, that they're looking into what happened there and why it happened. The other big thing that happened last week at Talladega is the blocking. Should Bubba have blocked? Should Bubba have not have blocked? I talked about this with Chris, but here's my thought. It's the final lap of a race. You need to do whatever you need to do to win. Last year at, at Bristol, when Chase Briscoe made a bonsai move into turn three and took out he and Tyler Reddick, everybody celebrated that. Oh, that was great. Even Briscoe said it was a dumb move, but I had to try it, right? So I would like to see NASCAR fans give that kind of deference. Oh, oh that was great. Great finish. They wrecked at the end, and Kyle Busch wins. Ironically, the same guy won again this time when – Bubba did what he had to do. Was it the smartest move? No. Was it a high probability that it was going to end in a wreck? Yes. Same as Briscoe. But he doesn't get, and we all know why, he doesn't get the same deference that Briscoe does. Back it down. Blocking is a part of racing at Talladega. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. You have to go for it, especially on the last lap, especially your Bubba, and you've had poor finishes all year, and you're probably going to need a win in order to get to the playoffs. And oh, by the way, you're at your best track, and oh, by the way, you've run to the top three all week, or all weekend, or all day. Had to be done. Everybody chill out about Bubba, because it, 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 I need to learn to ignore a lot of this, but it gets my blood pressure up because they're both cool. What Briscoe did was cool. What Bubba did was cool. It's what you got to do when you're racing. It's money. It's points paying. It's cash window time. Let's go. All right. And it's time for me to go this week. We'll see you next week on The Backstretch.